How many believe the Lord has something for you right now? Come on, will you lay a hand on your heart? Let's pray again. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the time we have to praise and worship God, to honor you, Lord, to magnify you, God, to lift you up, Lord God, to let you know, Lord God, our heartfelt, Lord, our feelings, Lord, our desire, Lord Jesus. Lord, now we ask you, God, to speak to us by your word. God, let your word, God, come forth, Lord God. Give us what we need, Lord God. Bless your messenger, Lord, in the precious name of Jesus. We thank you for it. Would you put your hands together? Amen. Brother Danny Hampshire. I'm, I'm gonna get it right one <laughs> Praise the Lord, everybody. Man, it's so awesome and exciting to be in the house of the Lord today. I love what I feel. And uh, thought I was going to get up here on a high note, and then he announced a business meeting. I said, I got my work cut out for me. <laughs> You have your Bibles from me to Acts chapter 8. Pastor asked me if I had a barn burner or a frozen pizza. I said, I'm ready to go, but if y'all don't preach with me, this is going to be a bust. I'll just say that. I have already received confirmation. This is the word for the day. So uh, even if you don't do anything, I'm going to preach the right message today. So, if you're ready to just cut loose and let the Holy Ghost do what it does best, then uh, we're going to have a good afternoon. If you all want to sit down and be quiet, I'm going to waste your time for about 45 minutes, and then we'll go eat lunch. God is not done here. God is just getting started. And through worship this afternoon, through the message this morning in our adult class, it's all just kind of filtering into this point in time right now. And God is going to do something great. Amen? So if you'll preach with me, we're going to do this really quickly, and God's going to move in a mighty way. If y'all don't preach with me, I'm going to preach longer until you do start preaching with me. we got to be here at 4 o'clock, so I've got a long time. So you can laugh in the house of God. I promise you won't, you won't, be, won't be tormented for you. You'll be fine. Acts chapter 8, verses 1 or 31 through 35, and I'll get you set down, and, and let's go see what God's going to do. And it starts, he said, how can I accept a man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened his, he not his mouth. And in his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And whom shall declare his generation? For his life is taken. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of him some other man. I'm going to read these scriptures here in just a minute of what he was reading, but he's asking, who was, this, who was the sheep that was led to the slaughter? Who was the lamb that was set before his shears? But he did not say anything. Who was, who was this man that was going to declare his generation? But it's like, who was this guy? Who are you talking about? Who was this guy talking about? In verse 35, Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. He preached 
unto him Jesus. Now I have another message that I, I preach on these same scriptures. That word preached in 35 does not mean he pulled out his King James Bible and he written down 30 scriptures. That word preached when translated out of the Greek and Hebrew is proclaimed. So Philip, when describing who this man is talking about in these scriptures, proclaimed, testified of a man named Jesus. I want to talk to us for just a little bit. God's going to do a work. I feel it in my bones. This title, this topic, and this question. What doth hinder? What doth hinder? If you don't know, this will make sense here in just a minute. Can we lay our Bibles down, lift up our hands, and ask God to bless us one more time. God, we love you, we praise you, we magnify you. Lord, we pray that you will move and touch every heart and mind that is here today. God, bless our visitors, our saints, our elders, our young people. God, move in every situation, great and small. God, as we say here, help me, God, to be a vessel, meet for the master's use. As I, I stand behind this pulpit for such a time as this, that I can proclaim the greatness and the glory of Jesus, that, that I can proclaim you unto all of the world, God. I pray that you'll touch every heart and mind here today, God. God, and I pray by the end of this, God, we can say we've been in the presence of the Almighty God. God, and we just I pray that we get ourselves out of the way and let you do what you do best, and that is be our God. God, I give you glory and honor, and I give you praise in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you're gonna if you're gonna preach with me and proclaim Jesus with me, give him a shout of praise. Come on, let's lift up the name that is above every name, the only name given among men whereby we must be saved. Come on, there's not three names you gotta know. There's not three positions you gotta be familiar with. If you know the name of Jesus, you know God manifested in the flesh, you know all things. Come on, this isn't there ain't nothing mystic. Uh, mystical about it, just call upon the name of Jesus. You can't be seated in the name of Jesus. Thank you for standing. Leading up to this, these scriptures that I just read to you, there's an understanding of, of and a, a description of who this man was, this Ethiopian eunuch. And if you go back to verse 26 through 30, and you allow me just to set a little bit of a foundation uh, we'll get somewhere. Because in 26 it says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. That's important. It's desert. It's a dry land. And he arose and went, and behold, a man from, of Ethiopia, and eunuch with great authority under Candace, prince of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all of her treasures, had come unto Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot to read Esaias, or Isaiah, the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to his chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Esaias, or Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? This Ethiopian eunuch was a very important man. The fact that he could read tells me that he was a special human being, that he was a special man. But the fact that this Ethiopian eunuch was able to get his hands on some on scrolls of Scripture tells me that he was very important. 
the Bible tells us that he had great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. He was a man of power. He was a man of authority. He, he could snap his finger and he had men and women underneath of him that would do whatever he had to them to do. Whatever his, his desires of his heart, he had men and women to fulfill that. But all of a sudden we find that he is reading the scriptures and the scrolls that Isaiah wrote about a man that we know him as Jesus. And, and it was, he was pricked in his heart and, and he was trying to figure out who is this man? Who is this guy that, that uh, I, 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 is touching my heart? I, I don't know who he is. I don't know this man. And he was reading some very familiar scriptures, but very powerful scriptures. He was reading from the, from the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. Many of us can quote these scriptures. I'm just going to read verses 3, 4, and 5. Going into verse 3, it says, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid it where our faces from him. He was despised and he, we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. I love this. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we were healed. This Ethiopian eunuch had no idea who this scripture was talking about. Was, was he, he even asked Philip, who is, this, who is this guy talking about, this prophet? Is he talking about himself or some other man? And that opened the door for Philip to, to start reading and start proclaiming Jesus. Because Isaiah's prophecy was talking about the Messiah, Jesus. That there was a man that was going to be born in a manger who was going to raise himself to be a man that, that was coming to earth to be a savior of our sins. And he was going to take the sins of this world and he was going to take him to a cross and, and crucify himself on behalf of us. No doubt Philip was telling the Ethiopian eunuch all of the miracles that he saw Jesus perform. It was Philip being one of the 12 that, that he was on hand and it was actually Philip that found the young man when Jesus fed the 5,000 with just a couple fish and a few loaves of bread. He was there when Peter, Philip was there when Peter walked on the water and Jesus calmed the seas. Philip was also there on the day of Pentecost in the upper room when the Holy Ghost fell and he stood with the other disciples when Peter spoke. In Acts chapter 2, when it was asked, what shall we do to be saved? And, and I'm taking this down a very direct path, but I'm going to expand it here in just a few minutes. Uh, because in Acts chapter 2, while, while Peter was speaking and saying, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remissions of sins, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Peter was standing in the background. I believe he was worshiping and dancing. I believe he was lifting up his hands because he had been with Jesus. He had believed in Jesus and he knew he had one thing to do and that was to proclaim Jesus to whoever he came into contact with. And I came to tell somebody and I know much of, many of you have been baptized and many of you have been filled with the Holy Ghost. But today, if you need to be baptized, Jesus' name baptism is what you need to do today. 
If you don't know what to do to get this sin out of your life, you need to repent of your sins right now. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of those sins and get those sins out of your life. And you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost and make heaven your home. That is the message that Philip gave to the Ethiopian eunuch. fact, 2 and 41 of chapter of Acts tells us that they had gladly received his word of Peter. They were baptized and there was added to them about 3,000 souls. Peter was, or Philip was standing there and, he, and I'm sure he, he could have talked for hours, I believe, about all that he saw Jesus do. But the question was, who was this man that is going to bear the weight of our sins who was this man that was wounded for our transgressions and who was this man that that heals us by by his stripes who was this man and and Philip had the perfect opportunity as I, I believe I have here today to speak to somebody that you're trying to figure out how to get your life in order. The way you get your life in order is when you find Jesus. When you allow Jesus into your life. When you allow Jesus to take your sins away. When you get baptized in the name of Jesus and you take on the name of Jesus. That's how you get your life in order. And I believe Philip had the same message and the same testimony. I've told you my testimony. He brought me out of drugs. He brought me out of alcohol. He brought me out of the world. And I'm standing here today because I I believe the words of Jesus. I believe when my Bible says I need to repent, I needed to repent. I believe when the Bible said I needed to be baptized in the name of Jesus, not the titles, that I was baptized in the name of Jesus, for that is the only name given among men whereby we must be saved. And I believe that I had to be filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And I've been doing it ever since then because I believe what the Bible says. I believe when my pastor preached to me and I believe when I read it for myself that that was the message and that was the way of salvation. I don't know how long Philip preached. I don't know how long he, he testified and he proclaimed Jesus and he talked about the gloriousness of God and, and Jesus being manifested in the flesh. And that Ethiopian eunuch stood there set in his chariot and, and he took it all in and he may have questioned some of the things. He wasn't there. And, and he may have been questioning, how do you feed 5,000 with two small fish and some loaves? Did they all just like pick a little bit or... How, how do you open blinded eyes when all you do is spit mud and you rub it on somebody's face? How can you raise somebody from the dead? I don't believe, and he may have, but I, I'm going from a personal standpoint. I don't know if the Ethiopian eunuch believed everything. Don't, do not raise your hand. But how many of us apostolic, Holy Ghost-filled people still question what God can do? Don't raise your hand. Please don't. But as Philip stood there and, and he starts proclaiming Jesus and he starts telling this eunuch, you may not even have heard of the name of Jesus. You may have never heard of this man. You, you may have never heard any stories. It may have not reached into Ethiopia at this time. You may, you may not have, it may be your first time ever speaking to somebody to tell you this story. But believe me, friend, you need to understand this. this uh, Isaiah is prophesying about a man named Jesus and and I'm telling you what Jesus said. It wasn't, it wasn't from the, the scrolls and it wasn't secondhand or thirdhand knowledge. But he was able to sit there and, and tell this Ethiopian eunuch what Jesus was saying. Now here we go. Because after Philip spent his time with the Ethiopian eunuch, if you go down to 36 through 38, 
It says, and as they went on their way, they came to a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, if thou believest in thine heart, thou mayest. And he said, and he, he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariots to stand still. And they went down into the water. And both Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. I'm telling you here today. You don't have to have the full understanding of who Jesus is. You may question this walk. You may question some of the stuff in the Bible. But if you're standing here today. Saying I believe that there is a man named Jesus. That will take my sins away. And there's a man named Jesus. That wants me to be baptized. In the name of Jesus. For the remission of my sins. That's what I knew to be. That's what I need to do to be be saved. There is water. What is stopping me? What is hindering me from being baptized? I'm telling you right now, when he asked the, when he asked Philip that question, what does hinder me to be baptized? Philip said, as long as you believe, nothing shall hinder you. The opportunity was there. The man of God was there, and the Spirit of God was there. I'm telling you right now, and here's where I'm going to expand my message, because it doesn't matter where your walk is with God. I don't care if you're the bishop of this church or you're a first-time visitor. When you get the man of God and the Spirit of God and the opportunity, nothing can hinder your walk with God. Nothing should hinder your worship. Nothing should hinder your praise. There's freedom in the house. Why? Because when you get in the presence of God, there's nothing that can hinder your walk. We must understand that the hindrance does not come from God. It comes from man, and it comes from this world. And Ethiopian eunuch, had, he didn't have a full understanding, but he knew that there was nothing going to stop him at that point in time. He believed with all of his heart that he needed to be baptized, and he got baptized. I believe today, as some born-again believers, even if you've been baptized, we need to stand up and say, I'm not going to let anything hinder my praise today. I don't care how cold it is outside. I'm going to dance in the presence of my enemies. I don't care how much I'm struggling on my jobs. I'm going to shout with a voice of triumph because I'm not going to let that hinder me. I'm asking you right now, and I'm getting ready to close. I'm asking you right now, what's hindering you from praising God? What's hindering you from proclaiming victory? What's hindering you from being baptized? What's hindering you from receiving the Holy Ghost? There should be nothing that comes to your mind that says it's greater than God, that can hinder your walk with God and hinder your praise with God. We just sang about it, and it's been in my mind the last three days. Freedom. There's nothing can stop you. Freedom. Come on, they were singing no more shackles and no more chains. All those are hindrances to your freedoms. We got to understand that what stops us is a hindrance. Sometimes it's our attitude. Sometimes it's our own mindset. Sometimes it's the situation that we're in. When you come into the house of God and your first and only thought is what am I going to do? It's a hindrance. How am I going to get over it? It's a hindrance. How am I going to get through it? That's a hindrance because you're thinking about it and not thinking about the goodness of God. You're thinking about your problems and not saying, God, I give them to you right now. And I'm going to praise him. He may have not opened the doors in your life, but right now you need to dance in the hallway. 
Maybe you need to shout in your silence. Maybe you need to praise him in your predicament. Maybe you just got to cut loose and say, devil, you don't have control over me. I'm not going to let you hinder my walk with God any longer. Come on, what does hinder you? What's hindering your walk with God? What's hindering you praising him? What's hindering you worshiping him? What's hindering you just cut loose? Come on, we got to have the mindset. It doesn't matter if you lose some bobby pins. It doesn't matter, guys, if you sweat a little bit in your suit. Ladies, if you got to, take your high heels off. Because God doesn't care about how pretty you are. He wants your worship and he wants your praise. He doesn't want your looks to hinder your praise. He doesn't want your mind and your thought process to hinder your praise. He wants you. The Ethiopian eunuch knew what he needed to do. If you got, you got bad legs... Don't let that hinder you lifting up your hands. You got bad shoulders. Don't let that hinder you lifting up the name of Jesus with your voice. If you got a bad raspy voice, if you lost your voice, don't let that stop you stomping your feet. You may not be able to run the aisles, but nothing says you can't get out and walk the aisles. Just because you don't sound the greatest, who says you can't sing unto the Lord? You may not have all the answers, but who says you can't lift up the name of Jesus? You may be dealing with some doubts and fears, but there's a story in the Bible that a father took his son to see Jesus. He said, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. And you know what? Jesus didn't kick him out. He didn't let that unbelief hinder him. He still went to Jesus. You may not have a full understanding of who Jesus is. You may not have a full understanding of what he could do in your life, but you cannot let that hinder your worship. You got to get to him. You got to get to him because nothing should hinder your walk. Nothing should hinder your praise. Nothing should hinder your love for God. But I'm asking you right now, and I can't answer it for you. You have to hinder it. What does hinder? Come on, ask yourself, what's hindered me? Why am I not out shouting like everybody else? Why am I not out walking like everybody else? Not saying you've got to do what everybody else is doing. You've got to do your own thing. But the main question is, why am I not lifting up God? I know how great he is. I know what he's done in my life. I know the testimony he's, I know the miracle he's performed. Why am I not lifting him up like everybody else? What a hindrance is going on in my life that is stopping my praise to him. He's brought me out of the drug house. He brought me out of alcoholism. He brought me back into his marvelous life. And I'm standing here today to tell you that you should not let anything hinder your walk with him. Because when you do, you're allowing your hindrances to be stronger than your God. Come on. Come on. Come on. Y'all ain't going to bother me if you break loose.
Come on, elders. You want to get back to the good old days. The people were going crazy, swinging from the chandeliers. Show us how it's done. He's brought me through 20 years, 30 years, 40 years of living. He's done more for you when you're 60, 70 years. You need to give him some praise right now. You may not be 100% in your body. You may not be 100% of your, in your mind. You may feel tired and weary, but give him everything you got because that 100% is all God requires. Acts 16, 25, 26. And at midnight, the darkest part of the night, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. Paul and Silas had no idea what was going to happen. Paul and Silas did not know what was going to happen next. Paul and Silas did not have an understanding and have knowledge of what was going to happen next. But they knew they were in a moment of time and said, oh, woe is me. How am I going to get out of this? And woe is me. What's going to happen to me next? They were shackled and chained. They couldn't clap their hands. They couldn't stomp their feet. They couldn't dance. Only thing they could do was lift up their voices. And, and instead of crying, oh, God, what about me? Oh, God, what am I going to do? Oh, God, why are you doing this to me? All that Paul and Silas said, they just started praying and singing praises unto God. Oh, how great is our God. How great is our God. And when they didn't let their when they didn't let their situation hinder their worship, they said, I don't care if I'm shackled. I don't care if I'm, sh I'm chained. I don't care that tomorrow morning I'm going to lose my life in the presence of the king. I've got a moment right now, and I'm going to spend my last moments on this earth, and I'm going to lift up the king of kings and the Lord of lords because I will not let any situation hinder my praise and hinder my worship. I'm telling you what happened. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken. And immediately, not next week, not next month, not next year, but immediately all the doors were opened and every bands, everyone's bands were loosed. I came to tell somebody under the authority of the Holy Ghost that you will, if you allow your hindrance to stop you, you're stopping a miracle from God. But if you just allow your praise to overcome your hindrances and you don't let your hindrances stop you, that miracles can take place. They prayed by faith. They sang by, by faith because they knew that if they just got in the presence of God, that maybe, just maybe, possibly, I don't know if it's going to happen, but maybe, Brother Corey, if I sing in the depth of my darkness and I just lift up God, maybe I can get out of it. Maybe he'll bring me through this trial. Maybe if I dance a little bit in my dilemma, I can get on the other side. Maybe if I lift up my hands when I'm weary and heavy laden, he'll give me that rest. There's no guarantee. But he said, if I'm going to do this by faith, and in the darkest times of the night, he's on maybe his last breath. He said, I'm going to give God everything that I can and give God everything that I have. And the next thing they knew, suddenly there was an earthquake, and immediately the doors were open and the bands were loosed. 
I'm telling you, when you don't allow your hindrances to stop you, there is freedom. True, true freedom of your mind. It's when you don't let your mind control you. When you can come into the house of God and praise him even though you don't know where the money's coming from. When you can come into church and go to an altar and praise him even though the doctor doesn't have the greatest report. When you can come into the house of God and just lift up the name of Jesus even though you're going through hell. I'm just telling you right now that is true freedom because we got to stop letting things hinder our walk with God because the hindrances that we have in our lives is not helping us out but it's ruining our walk with God. About to cut loose. Y'all need to start praying, preaching with me. Two times in his writings, Paul wrote to the Romans in the first in Romans 15, 22, and then first Thessalonians. He says, For this cause I have been much hindered from coming to you. There's times that Paul was trying to get out to places, but hindrances were stopping him. He said, I'm trying to get to where God wants me to be, but the hindrances are stopping me. We're going to jack it back up. But listen, when you walk in here or you, you try to pray and things start to jumble up, you start to pray and then you wonder if you let the water run in the bathtub that you ain't turned on in 10 years. Or you, you young people start to, you start to pray and then you're trying to figure out what did the teacher say six months ago in that class in algebra and you don't understand it. Those are hindrances because they're trying to stop you. But in Galatians, and I know I don't have these on the board. I'll give you the scriptures later. Galatians 5, 7 through 8 says, You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. God don't want you to be hindered. But he understands that hindrances happen. So what are you going to do? Are you going to let the hindrances stop you from getting where God wants you to be? Are you going to let your hindrances stop you from doing what God has called you to do? It's getting heavy now. I'm not telling you that we don't have hindrances. I'm not telling you the devil ain't trying to stop us. I'm telling you the devil is trying to stop us. And you've all, and, and I know I'm pointing out these young people right now, but I'm talking to the elders as well. I'm talking to the visitors as well. Because there's some things going on in your mind that you're trying to figure out right now, even as I'm preaching about Jesus and overcoming your hindrances that is stopping you from just cut loose. Because I'm telling you right now, and I'm telling you what Philip told that Ethiopian eunuch, if you believe... If you believe who Jesus is, if you believe with all of your heart that he is the Messiah, that he is your Savior, he is your Redeemer, he is your strength, that he is the way maker, 
and the miracle worker. If you truly believe all these things, you're going to stand here on this Sunday afternoon in frigid Indiana and say, I'm not going to let anything stop me, but I'm going to get myself where I need to be, and that's with Jesus because the opportunity to overcome the hindrances is right here, and it's going on right now. I'm asking you one more time, church, what does hinder you? What's hindering you from being baptized? What's hindering you from being freed? What's hindering you from being blessed? What's hindering you from receiving peace? I don't know what your hindrance is right now. I can just tell you that when you get in the presence of Jesus and you allow his presence to overwhelm you, that nothing can hinder you. Nothing can stop you. Nothing can overtake you. But the question is, are you going to allow your hindrances to stop you? Come on, let's praise him right now.